Hi, this is Deshaun with Doors Open Connect Podcast, and this is my co-host, Rick Haas, and thank you for listening. We look forward to bringing you guys as much value as possible, and as I like to say, let's dive in and get to the meat potatoes, Rick. So, Deshaun, how was, how was your uh, weekend? Uh, the weekend was very interesting. It was kind of like a Monday every day, it's Groundhog's a- Day. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to know what day it is during the quarantine. I woke up... Uh, I think it was like it was last Friday I woke up and I thought it was like Wednesday or something like that. And I was like, oh, man, I got a lot of stuff to do. And I'm like, wait, today's Friday. It's been a blur, uh, to say the least. I can't wait. Uh, I know there's a lot of people out there um, in the same boat, just a different seat on the boat. But um, everybody kind of wanting to get back to the sense of normal. Yeah, and that's the good news. It looks like we're in the area of flattening out the curve. And things are starting to open up. I know Jack's Beach just opened up. Um, it looks kind of crazy because if you look at videos or pictures of Jack's, Jack's Beach, people are like 30 f- feet away from each other at the beach, which is a rare you thing to see at the beach. Jacksville? Yeah, Jacksonville. 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 Okay, 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 Jack's Beach. Gotcha. Um, for the locals, even though I'm not a Jacksonville local. but I think they were talking about opening up the beaches here too. Um, yeah, they're talking about it. I can't wait for everything to open back up and just go back to normal and coronavirus is not a big deal anymore. I just can't wait for that. Well, it's been a, it's been a big deal. It's impacted a lot of lives, including our own, but it's also impacted a lot of the you know, healthcare workers. And you know, it is something serious and something to really take serious because it, it's taken a lot of lives. It's taken its toll on everybody and the country. But just like I said before, um, we need positive news. We need positive feedback. Um, we need to hear the uh, stories of success. and. Uh, and motivation and, and, you know, just to continue to provide hope because we will get out of this and just like anything else, we'll, we'll bounce back and um, there's light at the end of the tunnel. So let's dive in here. here but to to, d- real quick, to build off what you were just saying, some positive news. Um, the Senate did pass yesterday. We just got the email in NAR um, to replenish the coronavirus fund. So that means the PPP, the Paycheck Protection Program, is going to get another $310 billion. The Economic Injury Disaster Loan is going to get another $50 billion. Um, and the government is setting aside $60 billion of the PPP exclusively for small and medium-sized uh, community banks, which is going to help out a lot. Also, the government is putting $25 billion for coronavirus testing and another $75 billion for hospitals. So the fund has been replenished. Who knows how long it's going to be there for before it's gone. But well, uh as I, I can kind of see around the office and some of our, our peers, um, I, I wouldn't hold my breath, especially as independent contractors right now. I'd be doing everything I can possibly be doing to sell, um, sell a home, you know, to, to get by, keep it moving. Uh, you can't wait for the government. You know, I think it's kind of funny. I, I don't want to go off on a tangent here, but I think everybody has some kind of like reserve against the government. Did you 100 tr- percent trust the government before all of this? No. no, I don't think, I don't think, nobody did, but now everybody just, you know, all of a sudden um, expects them to have the, all the answers, which is not fair to them as well, but um, we have to do everything we can within our power that's within our control to make sure our, um, our livelihoods uh, stay intact and we're doing everything we can for our families um, and for our friends out there that are suffering and going through something here, so. Um, so let's on. get into it. Yeah. Here to join us today is our special guest, Rosa Madrid. She's a loan officer with Movement Mortgage. And also with her is Jonathan Garrick, a John, Wild Max, uh, a John Maxwell certified coach. And welcome to the Open, uh, Doors Open Connect podcast. And thank you guys very much for taking the time and joining us today. Thanks Abs- for having us. Absolutely. 
If you guys don't mind, uh, we'll start with you, Rosa. If you can go ahead and tell us a little bit about your background, what got you into the, the mortgage field and, and, uh, and real estate. Yeah, it was uh, something I would call luck of the draw, you know, back after I graduated college. Long story short, I was bartending and I met my manager at the time and looking to something to do other than, you know, being in the hospitality industry. And so I, that was my first dive really into the mortgage world about a little over four years ago now and about eight months ago now. Jonathan, uh, you know, helped me see the vision over at Movement Mortgage and, you know, as he's the market leader for Movement Mortgage, uh, now I'm, I'm blessed to be serving our community locally with him and um, our just amazing support staff that we have. So um, that's kind of just quickly what brought me to mortgages. That's awesome. Are you, are you originally from uh, Florida? Yeah, so I um, pretty much was born and raised in Naples and I went to high school here, went to college in Tampa after I graduated, came back to Naples and uh, I don't see myself leaving anytime soon. It's, it's funny, I, have, I, I grew up here too and a lot of my friends have went off to college or they or they moved away and they always come back to naples florida yeah, always I mean, it's paradise you can't you can't leave paradise <laughs> yeah i'm biased we have the best beaches in the world there we go i said it yeah <laughs> if we can enjoy them <laughs> we'll be taking long walks on the beach soon you and i rick yeah <laughs> but we have to be at least six feet apart oh, for a few social months. social distancing and uh, Jonathan, you're exactly what the doctor ordered it sounds like as a john um, c maxwell coach he's been around for a long time so Motivation is a big thing, especially in our industry right now. It's something that, you know, positivity, it's, I think that's what people need right now in our field. Um, so, yeah, thank you very much. If you can, don't mind telling us how you kind of, how you got into all of that. Yeah, absolutely. So I um, got into the mortgage industry back in 2003. Okay. And uh, obviously went through that, um, the last downturn of the market, um, but fell in love with mortgages. Um, hired my first coach, like professional, like I, I played college football. I went to mini camp with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like athletics was always a part of my life. And I always had a coach and got into business and was a a producer in mortgages. Also got my real estate license, uh, was doing all of that and, um, doing really well, but came across this, this guy just helping people. And so I fell in love with what he was doing for me, right? Coming from an athletic background, uh, you start to crave a coach to tell you what you're doing wrong so you can improve on it and get better. Right. And, and so when I found this gentleman who was showing me my blind spots, like what I wasn't seeing, right? Our ego doesn't let us see certain things. I fell in love with this concept of helping people see their blind spots, right? Speaking it into their life in a way to where you just kind of get them to go, aha, that's right. what I've been missing. I've been walking around in this fog and now that fog is gone. And so I uh, fell in love with that. So hired my first coach. I've had a coach ever since, invested a ton of money, right, into uh, helping somebody tell me uh, my blind spots and, um, and got back into the mortgage business in, uh, what was it, 2016, brought Movement Mortgage to Southwest Florida, and it's been gangbusters growing ever since. Ever since. Yeah, you guys have grown very fast over a short period of time. Absolutely. Which speaks volumes for your guys' business. Yeah, thank you. Well, can you guys explain to our listeners at this time of uncertainty and panic about the changes in the uh, market that buyers can take advantage of and sellers also? Yeah, definitely. So one of the big things, you know, are rates, right? That's what this commonly talked about. And they're still incredible. You know, I've personally been really encouraging buyers, obviously, that are, you know, haven't been affected by the coronavirus and that have um, just a stable employment. 
that it's still a great time to look into buying. There's less competitive offers coming out there in the market right now. So you have more of a chance of maybe grabbing that perfect home, you know, and if, in, if you're not ready to buy, I have extra time and we've had extra time to really sit down with them and really analyze their, their long-term financial goals as far as savings and what you're comfortable with the mortgage. And I tell everyone, you know, the mortgage process really is customizable. You don't have to be forced into, you know, a down payment assistance program or what have you, you know, it's really, you've got a lot of choices. And so I really just try to educate those buyers that maybe not be, that are not ready right now about their choices. Because sometimes, you know, going through those down payment assistance programs, for example, have um, higher rates, you know, um, just longer loan, you know, bigger loan balance because you're not essentially putting a down payment down. So I really stress about going over that plan making a long-term plan if they're not ready. Um, but as far as just taking advantage of what's going on in the market today, yes, the rates are just still incredible. You know, as far as the, um, you know, homes that are out there being sold, you know, like I said, there's just more opportunity, I think, right now to, sw you know, swipe up that home that you won't really want without being beat out by maybe other offers or competitive offers right now. Do you have anything to add? So one of the changes that recently many lenders, not all of them did, but they raised credit requirements uh, because of the pandemic, because of coronavirus. So we're talking credit score, um, months of reserves, and also um, things like down payment. And so th there's a lot of misconceptions out there um, as to why they did this, right? So you'll hear a lot of people talk about, oh, well, you know, they're, they're trying to hurt the person with low money down. They're discriminating against a certain group of people. And that's absolutely not true. And also lenders are now backing off of those. But what I'd love to do is clarify for some of your listeners why they did that. What was going on and why did some lenders take um, advantage of this, not take advantage of this time, but take those steps. And what, what happens is uh, when you have someone with lower credit going into a certain program, no money down, no money out of pocket, um, what's the first thing that happens if their AC goes out? If something happens in the first few months of that loan, how are they going to pay for that? How are they going to pay for their mortgage? That's one of, they're going to, they're going to eat, they're going to do all of those things, but they won't be able to pay their mortgage. They could potentially have a large credit event that's going to follow them for years. Well, during this pandemic, right up leading up into the, the second week, uh, I think we had in one week, 10 million people file for unemployment. And so the thought was how long were we going to be in this pandemic? What's that going to look like? And does it make sense to put someone in a home today that in a week could lose their job? They might not be able to pay their mortgage and have this credit event on their report for the rest of the, for the next seven years and affect their ability to refinance, affect their ability to do anything else credit wise. So what's, what's a better option to wait 30 days, 60 days, and then purchase your home or, or to, you know, to go ahead and buy. Right. And so uh, there, there was no good or bad, but that's the reason um, that a lot of these lenders did that because they know, right, actuaries, they know who the payment defaults. It's a, it's, a, um, it's a process, and everybody knows what that is, and so that's why they put those into place because of that. Yeah, and we also had, you know, personally, you know, some of my clients, I educated them and let them know right now, maybe even if they had just less than perfect credit and still were technically in the average credit score range, you know, I also told them, let's hold off maybe two, three months just to wait to see what happens with your credit here. You know, are a couple of things you can do in the meantime to help your credit or if it's maybe not 
or if it's maybe more out of my expertise, then I do have someone that I can refer to as far as helping with credit. Um, you know, but I basically wanted to show them this is how much in fees you would be paying if you wanted to do this right now. You know, if it was my mom or dad or brother or sister, I would absolutely tell them to wait. So in return, I, I try to give that same advice to my clients because I just want to be able to sleep at night and, right. uh, you know, know that I'm really looking out for their best interest long term. Right. And you touched on that a little bit about uh, refinancing. How can homeowners right now um, uh, leverage this time? for refinancing? Well, hope, hopefully they didn't accept forbearance because if they did, they're going to have to wait 12 months. Um, that's one of the things that's not really made, uh, brought to light when they're going and saying, hey, I'm going to take a forbearance. You know, restructuring debt is very important, especially in a time like this. And so taking a look at your finances, uh, we are actually developing a class in our Agent Marketing Academy classes right now on how to restructure your debt, how to restructure your debt using this in incredible tool call the mortgage to lower your payments and then teach you how to pay off your mortgage faster, which is counterintuitive because like, well, wait a minute, you're helping me get a mortgage and you also want me to pay it off faster. Absolutely. We do. Yeah. Like we, you know, we are a loan originator, but we want you, you know, we want to teach people how to build wealth using their mortgage. And so taking someone who has high consumer credit, a large uh, auto loan, um, because they got it two years ago when their credit wasn't as good, um, they can refinance, they can take out uh, a mortgage, they can refinance, consolidate that debt. And we had one person save $1,200 a month um, because we, you know, use this really cool tool of a refinance. That's a, that's a mortgage payment itself right there, $1,200 a month. Absolutely it is. So, so uh, tell us a little bit about forbearance. It's, there's a lot of misconceptions and misinformation out there about forbearance. I've had um, some of my clients come to me and say, oh, does that mean I don't have to pay the three months? Am I, do I get three months free? So explain that a little bit because a lot of people don't really understand how it works and there's nobody going on TV saying, whoa, let me explain forbearance for you. you know? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I think the biggest thing that's out there right now that hopefully is getting spread is forbearance is not forgiveness, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it's not forgiveness. It doesn't mean you're not going to eventually have to pay that. And it's very important that you not ask your realtor or even your loan officer about forbearance you need to go directly to the person servicing your loan ask them for the terms in writing what is it going to look like because again um, most of the most of the ones that i've seen with regards to forbearance do not financially help that person yes it might help them that month but a lot of the forbearance agreements postpone your payment 90 days and then on that fourth payment all four payments are due that really doesn't help someone yeah, that that's not, it's, it's going to put them in a worse financial position. We've also seen, uh, we, we, one of our loan officers posted a snippet of someone's credit report. It showed on the credit report that they were in forbearance, but it also showed a 30 day late. So again, forbearance does not mean forgiveness. It's, it's something that uh, back in the Irma days, and so this is the other thing that's kind of compounding all of this. Back in, during Hurricane Irma, the same thing popped up. People were having trouble paying their mortgage so they could opt into forbearance. Well, most lenders required some type of hardship. You needed to show hardship to get forbearance. Well, now it's just, it's kind of like Oprah. You get forbearance, you get forbearance, you get forbearance. And so <laughs> it's putting a lot of pressure on the system and it's not being explained very well by the servicers what this can do um, moving forward. Um, over the next 12 months for you if you accept this forbearance. So potentially it could hurt you, even though it's helping you out this very second, 
it could hurt you in the future. Yeah, absolutely. What we're telling people is if you can pay your mortgage, because we have questions. I mean, people legitimately reach out and say, hey, I hear I don't have to pay my mortgage for three months. Is this true? And we're like, no, pay your mortgage. Yeah. Like if you can. So that's what we tell everybody. If you have a job, pay your mortgage. If you can go find money, if you need to borrow money to pay your mortgage, the best thing you can do right now is pay your mortgage because, again, uh, the, the servicers have not made it clear how they're going to report, what's going to happen, and, and then you have the unintended consequence of right now, I think I told you guys, one out of set, um, one in 17 mortgages right now are in forbearance. That puts a lot of strain on the, the, the financial industry in itself. Right. right, and I think it's our responsibility too as even realtors and lenders out there to really follow up with our past client database. You know, right now we are their resources. We are their, you know, sound mind and advice to what to do in these times. You know, I know personally I was going through my past client database over the last uh, couple of years and talking to them. And, and it's almost like they're really actually excited to hear from me, which is cool. And they'd be excited to hear from anyone in this industry to get that education because we all know social media is rampant with a, bad, a bunch of bad information. And, you know, there's... I saw yesterday rumors of, you know, for enforcing everyone forgiveness for X amount of months and all this stuff. And so, you know, people are so quick to believe that. So I really believe for anyone listening to this podcast or is in this industry and you have access to that database, it's also a way to show, number one, that you care. And number two, really educate them on what their options are because, you know, they have friends and family that are asking them questions. And, you know, we're the ones that have to go into the community and really be able to explain and educate them that way you know we're really protecting the housing market and you know and, and their homes too you right. know so it's an overload of information now it's 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 so sad <laughs> you turn on the news they're, they're already talking about the second wave we haven't got the first one <laughs> done yet it's it's great it, it, it's funny because w when the news mentioned forbearance it, it seemed like everybody on social media became a forbearance expert they all had different answers of how that was going to work and the most common one i saw was Oh, you're forgiven. You don't have to pay it back. And it's like, no, you, you're going to owe money somehow. They're going to get the money out of you somehow. So either you, you're going to owe it on the fourth month or it's going to get put back at the end of the loan. Either way, you're paying that money. You're not. There's no way the government's going to give you three months for free to live. That meme that was going around was hilarious that everybody went from infectious disease experts to financial experts like overnight when, yeah. the, when, that, when that whole thing oh, happened. It's, it's unbelievable. <laughs> People get just a little bit of information, all of a sudden they become the biggest expert on that topic. And it's like, man, I I don't know about forbearance. That's why I was talking to MLOs and I was talking to service providers. I'm like, please explain it to me because I want to give the correct information. And when people ask me about it, I'm not saying, Oh yeah, I got I got all the information on it because I'm a realtor. Like You don't want that you don't want that responsibility or no. that uh, exposure. No, not <laughs> at all. Not at all. Because as soon as you tell someone some bad information, what are they gonna think about you next time oh that's the guy with bad information don't right. don't talk yeah. to him or that's the guy that referred me to the person that gave me bad information yeah yeah and information is correct information is very important in today's world no no hypothetical question just what would have happened if instead of like a forbearance but they put the the, the missing three payments at the back end of the loan wouldn't that make more sense or would that it just seems to me, you know, it, you're you're asking somebody who's either out of a job, who lost employment, or whatever. They're doing everything they can to hang on. Um, they they take advantage of this forbearance, which you you um, told us can lead down the dark road. Um, and then all of a sudden, they want, you know, three months worth of payments in the in the fourth month. And it's like, well, how does that even make sense? They they've been unemployed. If anything, they need 
you know, the, the 1200 stimulus or whatever for food and the, and the regular things. So what's, yeah. Cause what's the inevitable <laughs> if you're out of a job for three months and then on the fourth month you have to make four payments you're not going to be able to make it if you're out of a job for three months. Yeah, I mean, even if you think about it from like a logical perspective, right? Someone's got to get paid, right? Exactly. If you wait 15, 20 years to get that, those last three payments, I mean, who here can say, oh yeah, I can go three months without getting paid? Hmm. No, we'd probably all say, no, that's not going to happen or no, I need money, you know? So, I mean, there's just those repercussions. And if all these investors waited for all the millions and billions of you know dollars that are held in mortgages right now to get paid you know those th three payments after the term or you know three months later like it's just not gonna you know it's gonna have a rippling bad effect which is why most i mean we would love to be able to forgive and magically you know pull the money out and say hey here's yeah. your three mortgage payments you know but that's just not realistic unfortunately and um it just goes down the line and that's why most investors will probably not go that route because they can't wait that long you'd have to have an extreme amount of cash reserves to be able to fulfill that and that's just not going to happen you know yeah well it's a good theory but worth entertaining <laughs> the other way doesn't make a whole lot of sense either it so does not right no it doesn't <clears throat> it's damned if you yeah. do damned if you don't correct right, right. but so I got, I got a question for you, for you guys so i'm an agent okay and the market has been inconsistent and volatile what advice would you give to me to stay calm in these uncertain times and what advice should I give my buyers and sellers? So uh, this is a fun one for me because we love helping agents. We love uh, making a difference for them. And so one thing right now that we're working with our really close realtor partners on and we're teaching them is there is massive opportunity in your sphere of influence right now. So SOI calls, sphere of influence calls, uh, reaching out to your past clients, your friends and your family, and just checking on them. Hey, how are you doing? Like, no, how are you really doing? You've got five kids. You're, you're probably pulling your hair out. How is it going? And, and talking to them and then offering them some value. So a lot of people know someone directly related that's lost their job or is in furlough from their job or they have a family member or a son. And so offering, you know, some resources. Uh, Dave Ramsey, even though I don't necessarily agree with everything he says with regards to real estate and mortgages, he has some great resources. Everydollar.com is a website, um, and it's a free budgeting tool, and it makes you put every dollar somewhere. He has a great book, Total Money Makeover. And so helping our, our agents understand that if you can get these resources into the hands of your clients, you're seen as somebody that really cares about them. And we've had one, one agent pick up a listing. He's calling his sphere of influence. He's offering these resources, saying, how's it going? And they're like, well, you know, we don't really need this. However, we are thinking of putting our home in the market, and they got a listing out of it. So, you know, using your sphere of influence right now, checking on them and providing them with information, right? Um, getting, what, getting information to them that helps them through in whatever way that it might be during this time um, is going to make a massive difference for those realtors that are out there. Lead generation is great. Facebook leads, you know, boom, all of that stuff is great. But right now, um, if you're looking to put money on the table for your family as a realtor, I would be calling my sphere every single day yeah yeah i mean i that's what i was saying earlier i was doing that with some of my clients and of course she knew someone that was getting ready to buy and you know she actually has you know i think three or four kids so i was asking her the exact same questions and we had a really cool conversation and 
I realized at that time too that you know they're asking for this information from a trusted source and we are their trusted source in the financial world and the housing market and to be able to educate that was a really good feeling and in return when you do help people it's just natural you feel better so it actually helps you too you know and that's just I think a gift that comes with obviously helping other people there's nothing else that tops that feeling you know uh, I would love anyone to try to disagree with that, but it's true. So when you're giving value to other people, especially your sphere of influence, you know, it just brings momentum. It makes you feel better. It makes you feel like you're working, you know, too. And then while at the same time, you're also educating, like Jonathan said, giving something, um, giving them something of value, which can really help them and their friends as well that are asking these things. Rumors are going around. More people are talking with amongst each other too, right? right. In these times. So it was really cool that I was able to tell her that information no, contact your servicer. Everyone's different, but here's my opinion. You know, here's what I think will happen. You're going to be more stressed long-term if you wait three months to make four payments or three payments or whatever it is, you know? So the sphere of influence is huge. And really, they just want to hear a familiar face. They want to hear someone that they trust. You know, it's obviously someone they trusted to go through one of the biggest investments of their lives, buying a house. So the fact that you're calling them as that trusted, like, resource I think it's going to just be very valuable to you and your clients and potentially picking up more business. So I think for a realtor, it's important right now too to have empathy, right? In the mortgage world, in the real estate world, we need to have empathy for what's going on. Um, and I, I, I preface that because uh, here's what happens in a pandemic. There's a pandemic. And after the pandemic is exhaustion. People are just exhausted. Yeah. And what do we know happens right after exhaustion? Opportunity. And there's going to be, so I know you're like, well, how could you be thinking about opportunity in a time like this? Well, this, because for me and Rosa, for you guys, this is how you make your living. And real estate outside of hospitality is one of the major drivers of business and income down here in Southwest Florida. So on the other side of this pandemic, after the exhaustion, there's going to be massive opportunity. Uh, investors will be wanting to look, look to buy. People putting their homes on the market right now. There's, they're, you know, they're going to have more eyes on it. People are at home. Right. They don't have anything else to do. They're getting texts from their realtors. Hey, this property just came onto the market. Let's go take a peek at it. Absolutely. So I get jacked up. Even though I do have empathy for the people who are going through the hardship, there's going to be a lot of opportunity to help people coming through the other side of this. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We're not, we're not just in the, uh, the real estate business. We're in the uh, relationship building business too. And the better relationships you can build, there's nothing better than getting a referral lead. When someone recommends you, hey, I just bought a house from this person, or I just got a loan from this person, they're awesome, go through them, trust me, it's gonna be a great process. There's nothing better than a referral. So remember guys, we're in the relationship building business, not just the real estate business. We're, we're, in, the, we're in the people business. Yeah. <clears throat> I say that all the time, even with, the, even with Doors Open Connect, I just, people are like, well, it's a tech company. Well, no, I'm in the people business. We're, you know, we, we, we do have empathy. We completely care about um, our customers, either the past or the ones that might, might be in some trouble now. I'm working with a girl uh, myself, and um, she's worried about her son and school and, she, you know, certain things. And it's like, I, I really want to help her out. And it's like, well, I'm not, I'm, I'm, t- I'm not going to put her in just any home. I want to make sure that that home's going to return some value for her in the future. She's not doing it just for... Um, uh, you know, reasons unknown and, and getting into something and then paying for it down the road, she's going to remember me for that. You know what I mean? So Absolutely. Um, definitely care about about the people around us, and especially in Naples. Naples is a small, small world. I mean, everybody knows somebody here, and um, reputation is everything, but uh, 
And I think it just goes a long way too when you're not as realtors. I, I say that to the guys in the office, and the same thing with MLOs. Like, don't you know? Don't be so pushy. Don't try to sell them on anything. And like you said, call up and and ask them how are you doing? How what, is there anything? Can I bring you some food today? Can I you know? Yeah. Can I stop and don't that? don't take their first answer like as their answer. No, really. Like, how are you doing? Ask them again because then they'll probably tell you the truth. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, especially now, I mean, the depression hits. I mean, if you're stuck at home, uh, it, it does have some mental, you know, uh, it, it hurts sometimes, you know, just being being stuck at the house and not being able to get out in society and not in the fear of the unknown. And um, so calling somebody that, and you're, like you said, SOI, sphere of influence, um, and uh, just checking in on them and seeing how, maybe just make a joke or, or something along those lines. Yeah, it's, it's definitely better to be quarantined down here than in, say, Ohio, I would say, right? We, it's not as depressing, so we're not looking at gray skies every day. The weather, I will say, during this quarantine has been spectacular. Yes, it's I been. I think we're all looking a little tan right now, right? <laughs> and, and people have been cheating, okay? Everybody, you know, I've been seeing a lot of people out of Kuwait in on the boats, and they're like, quarantine life, quarantine yeah. life, you know? Yeah, the beaches are closed, but I've been seeing some pictures from the beaches, so I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. As long as when you post those pictures up, you say that this was from six months ago. Nobody's yeah. going to jump on your back for it. Now, my family's from Michigan, so they, they literally are stuck yeah. in the house uh -uh. and just gray and cold and kids running everywhere going crazy. Awful. And, uh, yeah, I, I couldn't imagine. Hmm. So, so to touch on that a little bit, we, we've been following the, the stay-at-home order. What do you guys um, – nobody has a crystal ball for what the financial field is going to look like in the future, but what do you guys think it's going to look like three months from now, six months from now? Yeah, so, um, you know, basically I feel like, you know, in my opinion and what I've seen so far, it's a lot like, for example, let's say someone has been laid off, you know, and, and they're waiting to, to potentially come back and start working again and then they want to buy the home. It's a lot like, in my mind, when you transition to a new job, it's basically a lot of the same guidelines that we have to go through as far as verifying that, okay, is this really full time again? you know, let's verify that with a month worth of pay stubs, let's say, you know, to make sure that you're on track. And that's what we're seeing. So I pretty much, in my mind, look at it as, you know, they're going to want to see, of course, stability, the number one thing in the mortgage world, as far as income goes, you know, obviously, if you just started working at ship delivering groceries, and before you were full time at a hospital or something, well, that's not really necessarily a particular case in here. That, but you know what I mean? Like if you work in yep. a different industry, right. and then now you're doing like deliver grocery delivery, you're not probably going to get approved really quickly, because you don't have any history of that, you know, but if you're hopping back into, you know, your job that you've been at, whether you're a server or bartender, and you start working again, basically, they're going to want to see some security as far as that you're making that same income again that you were prior to all of this happening. And again, it's for their best interest too, right? I mean, if you're not and you don't see yourself making that same money again, are you going to be comfortable with the mortgage payment? So I really think we'll take a lot of the guidelines that we've used already for years and we'll just, you know, start to apply them to this. You know, people, anytime you have a, a break in employment, you know, traditionally we do research. We want to know why. We want to know what, you know, what did you do to get on track and and what's your pay look like now? So it's going to be, I think, a lot of the same guidelines, um, but we're just kind of reiterating them now for the COVID-19 issues. Okay. And fr from a market perspective, um, again, it's pandemic exhaustion opportunity. And we saw the same thing after Irma. I mean, we were closing loans two days after, like, electricity got back. Like, we, we jumped back. We were going out and certifying roofs. You know, we're doing the same thing right now. We're calling uh, employers and doing, like, a 48-hour verification. People have their job. But... There's going to, we have short-term memory, right? We don't remember what has just happened, 
but Americans, Southwest Floridians, they see opportunity. So from that standpoint, I think the second the quarantine is lifted, um, we're, we're going to see realtors, lenders, we're going to see businesses come out of this stronger because whenever you deal with a pen, something like this, you operate differently, right? right. You're, you're put under tension and under tension, we know that's when we experience growth. And out of this is going to come some really cool business ideas. Out of this, realtors are going to become stronger. They're going to have stepped into video. They're going to have stepped into things they weren't doing prior. They were forced to, to survive. And so when we come out of this, I think it's going to be gangbusters. I think you're going to see contracts flying all over the place. We're still seeing them. I think you're going to still, uh, you're, you're going to see business uh, pick up. And for those people that didn't buy during this, you're going to have the people that want to buy, that didn't buy, that are going to buy, and they're all going to be buying and selling at the same time. So I really think, I do believe it's going to be uh, a shorter turnaround than we think. Because when you think, even the estimation is 15% unemployment, you know, through the end of the year, which is, it's awful. Um, but when you look historically, it's not that bad. And so as, as take 15% out of the equation, I'm not good at math, even though I'm in mortgages, but that's 85% of the people that are still employed, that still have the opportunity to purchase a home, that want to live, that want to achieve the home, uh, the dream of home ownership. Um, so that's, that's as a realtor, that's your, that's your focus, the 85% that do. Um, and, and so I don't, I think you're going to see massive and opportunity. I, I bet, uh, to piggyback off that, I bet a lot of that is going to come from like New York, New Jersey, Chicago area. Absolutely. Actually, we had, a uh, we had, um, an agent on here a couple podcasts ago and, and because of all this, they were scheduled, I think to retire in August, they bought a house through one of her virtual tours online without even having stepped foot in it. And they already, yeah. they're like, we want to. They're like, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> and I'm hearing a lot of people that, you know, uh, New Yorkers is kind of like, I don't want to go through something like that. I'm just done. You know, it's time to, it's time to move on. So think about this. Southwest Florida is getting younger, mm -hmm. right? With yeah. manufacturing in uh, Punta Gorda, uh, out east here, their manufacturing is coming down here. Smaller families, millennials are finally hopping off the fence. Oh, by the way, we haven't even talked about the baby boomers. Right. You add them into it, we've got a 15-year run, I think, in Southwest Florida of a strong uh, market for buyers and for sellers. So I absolutely agree with you. Yeah, I agree, too, because we have to remember this is not an economic crisis we're going through. The, the, the economy didn't tank because of the economy. The economy went down because we're dealing with a pandemic crisis. It's not a financial crisis in this country. So... I agree with you. I think as soon as everything opens back up, especially the bars, everybody's going to need a drink after this quarantine. <laughs> Actually, uh, I would say that they've been doing a pretty good job. It's created a lot of at-home alcoholics. I'm going to <laughs> I've seen some of those to-go margaritas that look pretty good. Yeah, what's, uh, tacos and was it tacos and tequila? No, Felipe's? Uh, I think it was Felipe's. I think Maria's. I think. Uh, you know, yeah. this is going to – I just thought of this. It, it's probably going to make – people a lot more safer and maybe drive down the DUI thing because now people are going to be trained to drink at home. So they're going to, they're going to go to a bar and get their drinks to go and just go home. That, that was Rosa. Rosa, you, uh, you did a few at home tutorials that got a lot of good engagement. Oh my gosh, it was so funny. And talk about stepping outside of your comfort zone and what you could do differently now. How do we think outside of the box, right? We had a John Maxwell call with our CEO, Casey Crawford, Casey Crawford a couple weeks ago or like last week, I think, and that was one of the things, like, how can we step outside of the box right now? People were looking for a little bit of lightheartedness, and with my bartending background, I was like, well, why don't I make one of my margaritas, awesome. you know, and I got, I don't know, like, I don't know how many views and 100 likes or something on it, which I was totally not expecting, but 
it's just I think it brings lightheartedness and you know people are looking to become bar crafters at home now I think. yeah <laughs> and, I, and I was saying that you know I have never seen I, I don't think I've ever laughed this much daily or weekly there's always some meme there's always something out there that just you know it, it's just so funny to me even people that were really serious especially really serious in the beginning you start to see some of those premier agents doing some funny stuff making tiktok videos because they're they're going crazy well, in the it's, house it's, it's it's like jonathan said um people are going crazy and they have to evolve their business to be online to be to be video savvy to to get their self out there that way because what's everybody doing at home right now you're either watching netflix or hulu or the news, or you're on social media. There's not much. You, you're going to walk from end to end of your house 100 times in the day doing one of those things. So you got to be creative in, in today's world. If, you, if you're an agent out there, an MLO uh, title company, and you're not creating some kind of positive, um, funny type of videos out there, you know people are just going to be like, oh, it's the same old MLO video. It's the same old Realtor video. So you got to be creative in these times. And become video savvy if you don't and you're not you don't have any kind of social media presence where everybody's jumping on right now what's going to happen you're going to get forgot as a realtor you're going to get forgot as an mlo people are going to forget you do that stuff because you have to remember we have to stay in people's face about what we do and the information we have um so i, I i'm just touching back on what jonathan said you got to be creative in these times and and like you said to i've seen some funny memes where <laughs> pe people are getting too creative. I'm still <laughs> I'm still laughing at new ones that come up from the Tiger King. You know, it's like <laughs> you can't even watch some of these shows. But I, I think yeah, the the innovation and the games and and things like that. So we actually came up with something um, to where we were trying to figure out how to do virtual open houses, but do them uh, differently and better and have more engagement. And we stepped outside of the box, and now we, we've actually teamed up with some local businesses here in, in Southwest Florida, well, in Naples uh, more specifically. But um, uh, it's going to help them, and it's also going to help the agents, and uh, it basically like a virtual tour um, scavenger hunt mm. for gift cards. So you hide, you know, you, you tell them tune in on Sunday between 12 and 1. I'm giving away $100 worth of gift cards, whether to uh, Noodles Cafe. I or, like that. Yeah, we, we've gotten quite a, f we've gotten a lot, a lot better feedback than we thought originally, and uh, um, luckily for us, some of the uh, restaurants have actually donated to us. We've got a, uh, you know, some local business. Not just that, we've got um, personal training businesses mm. and virtual uh, workouts, etc. So we're really excited to to get get that moving and get people wanting to, you know, participate and uh, get involved in in the games, but also get eyes on the home and and whatnot. So. Um, but just coming up with creativity, and I had to become a Zoom specialist last week. I, did, I <laughs> never saw that coming, but um, but yeah, creativity and innovation. So let's say, for example, you kind of went over this, but let's say uh, my credit score is under 600 and I want to buy a house. What actions can I take right now to boost my credit score, and how long should I, I expect uh, it to take before I'm within purchase range? Yeah, definitely. So that's a great question, and I do have to be disclaimer. You know, I'm not a credit repair service, but... You know, we do have um, tools that we use in our own system where, let's say, pull credit, I see what you got, and everyone's situation is going to be completely different and not one time frame is going to fit. You know, there's no blanket answer for that, right? right? Just depending on the situation. Sometimes it could take as little as 30 days to pop up a credit score, depending on if it's something small as having, you know, uh, a, a credit limit over 50% of the limit, basically. Like, if you have a balance and, like, let's say the credit of, let's say, $1,000, right, and you have over $500 of 
you know, debt on that credit card, that could potentially hurt your score. But if you pay it down to below 50% or 30% or even lower, it could potentially also pop your score up. But that also depends on what you have going on, you know, with other payments as far as are you making them on time? You know, so it's really hard to say, number one, this is what's going to fix your credit or whatnot. But I will say this, we have really great resources as far as people that can help put them on track uh, to, to really go through their credit and learn and see what it's going to take for them to fix it. You know, some people, like I said, could range 30 days for popping up a score and a couple could range six months to a year, depending. Like we talked about, if there's like some sort of late payment, like on a mortgage, you know, that could be up to a year, you know, so, and that's just not, you know, something that we can fix overnight, unfortunately. So now if they had, if, if someone had, I'm, I'm going to jump uh, piggyback off what you're saying right here. Let's say someone came to you, Rose, and they're like, um, you know, I got this car payment. Is it smart for me to, to pay this off before purchasing a home? Yeah, that's a great question. And yeah. that's one of the things I try to tell most of my buyers before they start trying to analyze what they need to do with their credit is let me look at it first, right? Because so many times we have people that will come to us and say, oh, I'm working on paying all my debt off. And I'm like, well, wait, wait, don't do that. Because that could be money that you're, first of all, putting towards a down payment. It could be money you don't have to, you know, keep out of pocket. And like I said, when we go through our pre-approvals, we really try to do like a long-term financial, hey, where are you at with your savings, first of all? What do you want? What's comfortable for you for savings? You know, like Dave Ramsey says, save up, you know, three to six months, 12 months worth eventually of what you make and you know or what you need to pay your bills in case something like this does happen so i try to bring those like basic values back to the mortgage analysis you know as a whole like financial evaluation you know but it really depends you know like if it if it comes down to someone qualifying and you know we have to pay that off or you know they have the money or they wanted to pay it off anyways then we can talk about it but let's say you pay off a ten thousand dollar car loan and you think that's what you have to do but really that ten thousand dollars could have gotten you into a, a new home it's not something that i advise people try to figure out on their own i always say go to a trusted lender you know let us look at everything and really be able to coach you on what's going to take you further in your you know home buying capacity or if that's what's comfortable for you and you say no i absolutely want to get rid of this car payment first and then of course I'm going to agree, do what's comfortable for you, you know? So, and I, that's like the biggest thing I can just tell my clients is everyone's different. There's not one blanket answer for everyone. It all depends on what your financial goals are, what you're comfortable with, you know, and, and really looking at that stuff first before we start paying stuff off left and right, or before you think you need to have no debt to be able to get a home. That's absolutely not the case. So really have a lender that to look over it and be able to coach you through that whole process. Well, and it's for every, every action, there's a, a reaction. So we've seen people pay off debt, get rid of good trade lines, and their credit actually go down. And so that's, that's why it's important. It's not necessarily, I need to get rid of this. Consult, consult Rosa, talk to her, because she can also run those numbers. She can run what's called Wayfinder and show payoff car and see what's going to happen with that credit. Um, because we have seen sometimes credit go down when people close out um, credit lines. It's a, good, it's a good trade line. Okay, it's interesting. So what can people do uh, who wanted to purchase a home and had a great score but just got laid off? Yeah, so that kind of touches back on what we were saying earlier. You know, what we'll want to really look for is stability again in income, you know, whether that's coming back and getting a couple full-time paychecks again or at least something that looked like, you know, what was prior to COVID-19, you know. So we really want to just kind of see that the terms are basically applying to as far as them getting paid. You know, if it's something like, you know, the bar, like 
the restaurant industry or something like that will probably want to verify some sort of letter from their employer kind of gauging what their you know income maybe looks like and I know that's tough to do but we would basically kind of want some guidance based on what we saw in the past and just you know want to hear positive news about what they expect in the future and and that's today Right. Like that changes by the minute, right. right? Investors say, no, we want this. No, we're okay with this. No, we want to do this now. And so uh, that's why she's kind of, she's been vague about it because investors and, and um, servicers and all of their, they're vague with us right now. It's kind of a case by case. What's going on? What kind of documentation can we collect, right? More information um, because they're, it's, um, it's going to be a moving target as we, we've never experienced this before. Right. right. And that's the one thing too, that I want to tell people out there that are thinking about buying a home is don't just don't apply or not look into the situation because we constantly get updates and we have people that are on standby. You know, I had people that were on standby for refinancing that wanted to know more about rates, you know, and, and the only way we can evaluate and inform you because every situation is going to be different is to apply so that we have tangible, you know, documents or tangible credit scores that we can go to an underwriter and say, here's what we have, what can we do? Or what do we need to do in the future? Right. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I understand that too. That's where we, you know, when it first started to happen, we had, uh, we had another gentleman on here um, to kind of give his feedback. And then now we're kind of coming towards the end. Well, hopefully, knock on wood, towards the end. Hopefully we'll get back to some more stable um, stable like conditions out there, but uh, um, yeah, I definitely understand that the, you know it's a moving target right now for all of us. And like we said, there's a plethora of uh, information and overload of information. And um, yeah, we get updated just as much. I mean, every day it's been you know we get credit updates. You know, like he said, you know, investors aren't um, they're being vague too because they're trying to see. You know, everyone right now is watching the market. Right. You know, that's what is the biggest indicator and the biggest influencers right now are you know the pandemic things like the stimulus package, and then what's the government doing to help, you know, people right now in this situation, investors right now, what are they doing? So right. those, based on those indicators is kind of where we're looking to, you know, either kind of be a little bit tighter on our regulations or start to loosen up depending on what that is, you know? Awesome. So I got, I got a little off question here for you. Um, what have you two been doing to stay positive and motivated during this pandemic? I, I have seen people out there doing, you know, challenge the push-up challenge or the sit-up challenge or the uh you know they're they're hitting their friends with these these tags of watch me do 50 push-ups and then you do it so what what are you guys doing to stay positive yes yeah, or so what can you recommend to people to stay positive or maybe change up in their their day-to-day -day life because let's be honest we're all sitting at home right now for sure and you know personally like just a couple experiences that i've had so we started doing an accountability call every morning with a couple of the loan officers out there and um, this is one of the things I always praise Jonathan for and thank him for as far as leadership, you know, no question, like best leader I've ever worked with. I'm, you know, blessed to have his guidance. And one of the things was let's start doing an accountability call. So we get, you know, everyone's accountable at 830. And if one person doesn't show up, we don't have that call. So like, you know, if you don't show up, you know, we're going to call you out and say, well, because of so-and-so, we didn't have the call or whatever, you know. And so it's a great way to be accountable. And whether that's in business or you want to start working out and you want to get a couple of your friends to start doing that every morning, it's a great way to make the best out of a bad situation, you know, because what you focus on grows. So if you're focusing, obviously, on the negative, you're going to keep getting more negative, which some people don't understand which that Which is going to lead to what? Depression. Depression, right. Drinking, Correct. making bad choices, you know, or feeling like you're never going to, get out of the situation and the other thing too that I've you know kind of preached about is 
waiting to get back to normal okay like we don't know what that new normal looks like you know mm-hmm. and if you're one of those people that are sitting there waiting 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 you could be waiting three months four months five months you know what if what if we all start working more from home like i'm just throwing things out right. there but if you're waiting for things to get back to normal i think that is the most dangerous thing you could be doing right now because there's no guarantee of that right now mm-hmm. you know even as you said once they start opening things back up i'm sure there's still going to be regulations where we got to stay six you know feet away or you know if you, they open the diners back up then you know the tables probably still can't be as close so waiting for things to go back to normal i don't think is the right mentality you know i think you need to adapt and overcome i think we're built you know, through that, it's not like this is the first time in, you know, human history where we've gone through a pandemic, you know, out of, uh, John Maxwell mentioned that, out of, you know, these bad situations, we find vaccines, we, you know, essentially, we grow, we, we learn new things, and I think the people that are going to make it, especially in this industry or any business, or the ones that are going to stay innovative, are going to be the people that are focusing on the community, focusing on how can I help someone today? Mm-hmm. Because if you're not, fo- like, the easiest way to get sucked into your own victim trap is to keep all the attention on yourself in my opinion and the minute you take your focus off yourself and you just help someone whether that's a good word a phone call like we said talking to our family friends sphere of influence you're gonna feel better so personally you know for me i've gotten back to my workout at least if it's like a walk a day like i have to get outside and do something and sweat because i know that's gonna make me feel better so that between that the accountability call and really diving in and, and being a little bit more creative during these times has been a little, you know, it's not always like there's no fear, of course, but it's feeling the fear and doing it anyway, right. you know. So that's been personally, for me, it's it's exciting. It is exciting if you look at it that way. Like, okay, how can I come out of this better and what can I innovate? And one of the cool things that I love right now that we're doing is our accountability call, and that's helped us tremendously and myself, too. That's good. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, when um, when you make your life about other people, Life just works, so easy. right? It's just that simple. And when you focus on yourself and me and I don't feel good and I can't go out to eat and me and me and me and that's where you take yourself into this just awfulness. And so when you start focusing on other people, when you pour yourself into other people, uh, you, 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 that immediately goes away. So, you know, my recommendation, I mean, what I've been doing is pouring myself into our realtor partners, my loan officers, other local businesses are who are doing really cool things. What a great idea for a realtor, right? To, to focus on, uh, supporting and helping get local businesses information out there who are helping during the pandemic, helping with, um, the first responder meals, helping with, um, you know, nurses and helping feed them and do things for them and support them take the focus off of yourself make your life about other people and and do that after this pandemic and you'll see that you you live a better life and 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 it just works and i'm I'm willing to bet if you do that you're going to sleep better at night yeah instead of going to bed why me why me well guess what the coronavirus is affecting everybody in the world it's not just you that's not working it's, it's a lot of people that's not working a lot of people that's frustrated with it um but like we've said before in previous podcasts, this is going to be over. So how you come out of this, if you don't come out of this, I think, Rosa, you shared something on your, your Instagram um, where if you don't come out of this with a skill or something, then you just wasted all this time um, at home. I mean, there's, there's different things, uh, uh, Udemy and different online courses and things that you can take right now to better yourself. And those things are so cheap. Um, so come out of this with some kind of skill or, or something like that. Um, or, you know, even I commend Jonathan's wife, you know, they've got, and there's a lot of moms out there too, you know, and even if you don't learn a new skill, 
or you don't think you are, you are, you're learning how to teach and you're learning how to coach your kids. And we're, we're getting a taste, not me personally, I don't have kids, but we're getting a taste of what teachers go through. Like, my goodness, like, <laughs> please, let's pay the teachers more out of this, you know, like, I mean, something, you know, has got to come out of it. But, uh, you know, even if you think you're not growing, you know, in that kind of situation, you are, you're learning new coping skills, or you'll look back and you'll say, man, I remember that time. I don't know how we did it, but we did it, you know, and uh, that's a skill, whether you want to call it that or not, you know. Well, you have yeah. to think about it like this. You're moving. You're always moving, right? You're either you're either growing and you're not staying the same. It's just like working out. You look like a guy that works out. If you're not working out, you're not staying the same. Your muscles are atrophying. They're going backwards. So if you're going through this pandemic right now and you're not somehow focused on growth of yourself, you're going to come out of this worse off than when we started it. And that's dangerous, especially for someone in 100 percent commission. Especially yeah. for someone that's waiting for things <laughs> to get back to normal, too. Yeah. Again, Correct. you're, like, never going to go back to your diet or you're never going to go, you know, to the yeah, whatever, start working out at home. If if you don't think you can do something now about it, you know, you, you're not probably going to in the future. Absolutely. And not everybody's a, a superhuman, you know. I, I, You know, everything that goes up has got to come down. You know, you wouldn't know the happiness if there wasn't, you know, some hard times. Um, you know, and I tell some of the guys, especially in our office, we pick each other up, you know, and like we were talking about, get on a phone call. And it's okay to be in a funk, you know, one day, maybe two days out. But after that, get up, make your bed, do your laundry, and then st start over, start your day, do something, some physical activity to get, get things moving and, uh, and get out there and try. I mean, yeah. we, had a, we had somebody in the office recently, he actually kind of broke down a little bit. And I told him, it's okay, man, just go home. You know, tomorrow's a new day. Um, take some time for yourself. Be in your mood. But, you know, tomorrow's going to come. And you just have to know that you still have a roof over your head. You still have, hey, look, Irma, remember Irma? I mean, that was no AC. That was no electricity. That was too, sitting in the dark for two, for yeah, two we're, weeks. We're spoiled right now, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, okay. Oh, I'm sorry. You know, we, we got our cameras. We can Zoom call each other in and, and do Instagram lives and be creative. But get back on the horse the next day. The next day he came in, next, you know, the deals he thought he lost, he saved, and, sure. and, and, and he was back, back to normal. Yeah, maybe, maybe on a sheet of paper, write down some goals that you want to accomplish for the week, and then do it. Don't think about doing it. Don't wake up and say, yeah, I'm going to watch a movie and think about accomplishing this goal today. No, get up and just do it. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so w we hear a lot about the rates. Take advantage of the rates. Take advantage of the rates. But I don't hear a lot of people talking about the points and how that might be affecting them. Um, can you explain a little bit about what's going on today with regards to the points? And Yeah, no, for sure. Again, it's, it's education, and that's something I tell. Again, it goes with my financial analysis. So I'll tell someone, yeah, mortgage rates are totally customizable. You want to pay points? You know, you definitely can, but let me show you what that actually gets you. Like, let me show you where that breaks even. You know, me personally, I don't like to quote points just because I don't want someone to pay more costs if they don't have to. But if we really get into your long-term goals and you're saying, no, this is my forever home, like I know I'm going to be here forever, fine, let's look at the, that, the market that day. Let's see what that looks like paying, you know, a half a point, a point, whatever it may be, um, to see if it's really, if you're going to reap benefit out of it, depending on the way the market is, you know. So, yeah, and, and a lot of people don't talk about points. A lot of people don't talk about points right now in this market where if you're, you've got, you know, subpar credit on a government loan, guess what like you're gonna pay for risk right now in this economy so whether that's points right now it's possible and that's why again I've been telling my clients like I'd rather you wait a couple months let's see how this 
evens out, especially if they don't have to go anywhere right now, which right. has been the case. A lot of people don't have to like leave their homes right now, you know? So yeah. I mean, you get it, it, throughout some of that, you've got to lean on the realtor. Like if this is a once in a lifetime opportunity to purchase this home, or this is something they need to jump on, then you might, you know, you're going to look at it differently exactly. as well. Everyone's, you know, again, everyone's situation is different. So it all goes back to the analysis. And, uh, you know, I think it, it's important. Again, you go to a trusted advisor and if you have something like that, that presents itself with points, you really have someone analyze it for you and let you know, like, you know, Hey, here's where you'll break even if you pay points or, you know, if, you all, if if someone just wants the lowest monthly payment they can possibly get and that is like their big thing then yeah maybe points to them isn't a big deal you know everyone's different so um but yeah so uh, you know traditionally obviously for me I, i'm not going to quote with points i don't want to be misleading I, I just like to go through their options and that is one of them you know absolutely mm -hmm. thank you for that and uh you know we talked I'm seeing a lot of this kind of go on now, which is great, and I'm, I'm really loving it. Um, you know, with Doors Open Connect, the, the opportunity in our platform trying to network and bring different agencies together um, to work together with one another and, and collaboration. How, I'm just curious, how do, you, how do you feel about that? You mean like collaborating with other lenders and such? Lenders, agents, just in our market. I'm seeing uh, stuff that you never saw before. Before there was, uh, you know, the, the you know, brokerage is very kept secret at, at home their business and um, who they were working with and and uh, now we're seeing a lot of people come together they're jumping on zoom calls to help answer certain questions about the market um, they're you know working more willing to work together on deals and etc and, and uh, yeah I, I mean if you think about it too I mean history wise I mean I think the last time America came together like this was something like 9-11 right and it right. takes and it's sad that it takes something like this to happen but when you I think realize what's out there and who we really need to serve which is the community and the people and when people are hurting I think empathy goes up right so then that you know builds collaboration more people are collaborating and I think it's amazing you know I think when we make it all about the people that's all that matters and it's really that simple and we tend to overcomplicate things and I think if you know you do things for a good reason it always comes back around and whether that means you know like I said waiting a couple months for a deal to go through right now uh, uh, it so be it you know but at long term if you know you're doing things for people's best interests and helping educate our community I think it's amazing I think it's incredible that this has brought us all closer together you know which is what you would help for in, in America you know I, I think people are beginning to realize this has forced them into a collective wisdom type situation and they're seeing the power in collective wisdom right what you were describing that keep to yourself is a fear-based mentality I, if I tell someone then they're gonna be successful and I won't be and what they're realizing is that shared wisdom collective wisdom everybody raises every there's enough business for you two realtors for these two lenders if everybody's talking the you know about strategizing and masterminding there's plenty of business out there and the um getting rid of a fear-based mindset creates a lot of opportunity for people mm. yeah it's definitely definitely something that uh we we really enjoy and and we're looking forward to it happening some more ask, uh, after the fact you know just keeping people coming together in our community and 
and working together. Um, like you said, there's plenty of business out there for everybody. We, sh we should like do some rap battles between like realtors and uh, lenders in here. Get in yeah. here. Uh -oh. I like that. that. That's awesome. That's a good idea. Jonathan, you can go first. <laughs> did, did he hear? He, he must have heard my song. You didn't know? I didn't. No, I need to hear this. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's got, a, he's got a rap song out. Okay, my bad. Uh, <laughs> those are many moons. That was many lives ago. No, but that's a good idea. We'll have to we'll have to dwell on that and do something do something fun like that. Well, thank you guys both for joining us. Go ahead and plug your businesses. Where can people follow you, and how can they reach you, uh, reach out to you, and, and, and make contact? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, you know, Movement Mortgage. If you look up Rosa Madrid Mor Movement Mortgage on Google, you'll see my my website pop up and Facebook, Instagram, same thing. Rosa Madrid, and you'll find me on there. And yeah. And she'll take good care of you. Yeah, good plug. Um, so I'm Jonathan Garrick. I'm all over Facebook. I use that platform quite a bit, Instagram. Um, with Movement Mortgage, I'm also a John Maxwell uh, certified speaker, trainer, and coach. Um, but we're just out there to help. Like uh, The way I would plug our business is, is if you're a realtor looking for someone to, to partner with, not just in loans, but if you want to have that kind of mastermind type of strategy session, if you want to go through one of our agent marketing academy classes, like that's where we, you know, where we fill our own buckets is by, you know, speaking into the lives of our realtor partners. So reach out to Rosa. We've got a list of about 20 classes that we teach. If you're struggling with video, if you're struggling with any kind of way of marketing yourself and or your business, you know, that's where we want to be able to help you. Yeah, there you go, guys. Jonathan, uh, he told you there's no excuses for not uh, bettering your business. Just reach mm -hmm. out to him. It's, it's one phone call. It's seven numbers, and you hit send, and then they answer, and they help you out. It's <laughs> as easy as it is. All right, so dun -dun -dun -dun, we have the email questions. Um, and, of course, these questions came in from the email. It's all y'all listeners out there that had questions, and I picked the top three best ones for the week. And I hit Deshaun with them and the guests with them. So, of course, Jonathan and Rosa, if you guys have any answers or input on this, please feel free to chime in. So the first question. Are you ready, Deshaun? Yep. Hit me, Rick. All right. Here we go. How long should I make the financial contingency on the contract? Um, that is a great question. And uh, I guess I would definitely be in contact with the, the um the mortgage loan originator just to, to double check to make sure everything is as smooth as it, it possibly can be. Um, we've had problems in the past where, uh, you know, obviously you have to file for extensions and file for extensions, et cetera, because, you know, the banks are a little bit um, different than working with a personalized uh, loan service like um, Movement Mortgage. So I would talk to them if you guys want to chime I in. I agree 100%. So thank you for saying that. Yeah, I, you know, every, again, I'd sound like a broken record, but every situation is different. You know, we have been in situations where we wanted to put really competitive um, offers in where there was a slam dunk deal. They had gotten through our pre-approval process where we, you know, upfront did the upfront underwriting, things like that. So, you know, and that's another benefit too, right? So down the road, once everything kind of goes back to norm normal um, in the lending process, that's, you know, one of the advantages by going through that process, you know, we can maybe shorten, potentially shorten that time. But if there's a situation where someone's selling a home, not going to be the same situation, you know? So, I mean, I would say on average, I know you guys probably as realtors see it too, is, you know, about 30 days is what the average looks like. Um, but again, there's been situations where we've been a little bit more competitive depending on that person's financial situation and the funds available and all that, you know? So um, really just depends on the loan type and the buyer, of course, too, on how quickly they're willing to comply. 
Yeah, so obviously for you protecting your agent, the longer that financing contingency could be, the better for them, right? Um, but to be competitive, so that's kind of what we, we want to be in close communication with our realtor partners because we do upfront underwriting. So we're going to underwrite that, that loan within six to eight business hours from the time that we submit all those documents. And so what that does is that really shortens that financing contingency period. So it allows you to go out and make an offer and get really aggressive and be like, hey, you know, we're competing with three other offers. Our financing contingency is a week. These guys are wanting to, to push it out, um, you know, a month. Here's this offer. And so having that upfront underwriting commitment, the only thing blowing the deal up is the appraisal. That's a powerful opportunity for you to go out and make an aggressive offer. Yeah. When I, when I first became a real estate agent, I was just guessing. I was guessing on the closing date. I was guessing on the finance. I was like, I was like, ah, 30 days sounds nice or 35 days sounds nice. But since then, that was the first couple of deals. But after that, I am in contact with whatever lender is on the case and I'm, I'm working with them and saying, okay, so what do you think about this closing date? What do you think about this financial contingency? How long do you, um, it's a lot easier just to call it call the lender that you're working with and just ask those questions instead of saying, ah, you know what, I'm a guess. I think, I think this is, looks like a good closing day. You know, just call them, ask them. It's, it's a lot easier if you uh, collaborate with the lender that's on the case. Well, and as a listing agent, it's a great way to protect your seller too, right? Get mm -hmm. that thing as short as possible. If you're a listing agent, no, two weeks. I know Movement Mortgage can get this out in a week. If you haven't spoken to them, go to them. Like, let's get to them because you're protecting your seller. You don't want to have the home. Like This is the issue I see with a 30-day finance contingency from a listing perspective is you're going to give me 30 days to figure out my finances, and then if you can't, you still get your deposit back? No, right. that doesn't work. That's not cool. <laughs> yeah. So as a listing agent, I would absolutely try to shrink that to like two, day, two weeks. There's no reason within two weeks you can't know the financial situation of that borrower and have the finance contingency done with. Awesome. That's awesome. I like it. All right, next question. Do you recommend a hundred percent commission company or companies with a split? Now that's going to depend on what you're looking for as far as an agent. Are you a new agent that's coming out of uh, Larson or some educational um, real estate school like that, and you need as much hands-on training and you, uh, as as possible? Um, you may go to uh, a place like a Keller Williams. Um, I want to say their split is what seventy thirty, so something something along those lines. I don't. I, can't be precise. Um, Don't but, quote them on that. Yeah, but yeah, but they they do a lot of trainings. Um, if you're a type of agent like me, where I have to be hands-on to learn something, I need to be a part of the process and and whatnot. Um, I need to to do it all once for myself. Then you you might be okay at a hundred percent company, depending on the amount of training. If you know if your broker's going to pick up your phone call, if they're going to be guiding you and helping you out, um, then that could be the way to go. So there's really no um, set in stone way. I, I just know that you can you can train me until I'm blue blue in the face, and to to absorb that information, I'm just really a, a hands-on type of person. If you're that type of agent, maybe you don't need to go to a place that offers all this crazy training. Um, and don't forget, Nabor offers a lot of free uh, training and seminars as well. Um, so you can get a lot of that information there, and we have resources we never had before. I mean, YouTube, you, you can YouTube programs, CRMs. Etc. There's there's so much information out there now. It's just knowing where to get it. Um, but uh, that's not to knock uh, a commission split company because maybe you want to work on a team. Uh, maybe you want to mentor, with, uh, have somebody mentor you first, and and you know walk you through a couple of deals. Um, then that might be the way to go. Um, but it's all about the agent and what they're looking for. Cool. 
All right, the final question, Deshaun. How can an agent spruce up their next virtual open house? Well, I kind of mentioned uh, uh, something about that earlier with the, uh, the scavenger hunt. I, I'd be, you know, I'm super, you know, raffles, scavenger hunts. Um, you know, market them exactly the same way you would have done an o a regular open house, just it's going to be live done on either Facebook, Instagram, or even Zoom calls, because that way you can get them to register ahead of time. Uh, you know, try to be fun with it. You know, people are sitting around on a Saturday, Sunday, they're stuck in the house. Um, if you just say virtual open house, check out my virtual open house, it, it, uh, you're going to miss some viewers. If you, you make it engaging, uh, maybe they can win something, uh, like I said, like a raffle by teaming up with you know, local partners here, I think we're doing a good thing um, by getting their names out there and supporting local business. Um, and uh, you might get some, you'll get more viewers, more engagement. You say, I'm, I, you know, I'm giving away $100 in gift cards to these local businesses. We're sponsored by Bow Campers, we're sponsored by Noodles, we're sponsored by, um, you know, Body Crafters. It doesn't have to be necessarily a restaurant, but what are people doing right now? Any, you know, they're, the restaurant business is struggling, so we definitely want to shine some light on them. Um, Cocktail party, you know, virtual cocktail party. Yeah, be, be creative. The more fun that you have with it, the more successful your virtual open house have, is Have Rosa be. go and make margaritas at your virtual open house. <laughs> That's yeah. actually a great idea. We'll start doing TikToks after a couple margaritas, yeah. TikTok dances. You know, I might, I might do a virtual open house like that. Rosa's like in the background bartending. But I like that. I like that. I have, making a craft cocktail, teaching people how to make a craft cocktail at the virtual open house. That's yeah, a good yeah. idea. Yeah, that's Get, awesome. And, but, you know, and don't shoot yourself in the foot. Market that thing on Monday. Went, hit it hard again on Wednesday. Get people in your office to, to, to go along with it and stay on them. Stay in their face, you know, Saturday and remind them. On Sunday, I'm giving away this. I'm teaching this and giving away raffle or scavenger hunt. You're going to give back to the community. So they feel engaged and, and looking at, uh, at the house, and they can have some fun uh, while doing it rather than just sitting at home watching Netflix. or. I'll give you a little heads up. If you just do a virtual open house where you just walk through the house all boring-like, Nobody's going to tune in. Yeah. Also, uh, we were talking about that with Cheryl on the last uh, podcast. The, the 360 camera uh, view, it's, it's really good, nice to have. You know, you, you'll be able to walk through the, you know, it's like 300 bucks or something like that on Amazon. But you get a full spectrum that the, the viewers can click around and, and engage that way as well and really get a feel for the property. Now, they might be there just to get the gift certificates, but maybe they know somebody who's looking um, and... Uh, and then they might pass that information off on them or tune in with me you know let's try to win these gift, gift certificates and give, and give back to the community um you know by supporting the local businesses so i think i think that's a great way to at least start some kind of create uh, creative process um so you stand out amongst everybody else who's just walking around at a house it's just not as engaging as a regular open house and it's not the same as shaking the hands of people walking through the door and, and talking to them about the community so having fun with a margarita <laughs> giving out some gift cards, a raffle prize, whatever you want to do. Um, get creative with it and, and have, have some fun with it, but make sure you market it ahead of time so you, you don't just you know, show up on Sunday and you get one or two viewers and then you're giving away you know, $100 worth of gift cards. It wouldn't make a whole lot of sense. Yeah. But, uh, cool. Well, that's all, the, uh, that's all the questions that we have for today, Deshaun. Go ahead and close it up. All right, you can contact us at doorsopenconnect at gmail.com. You can DM us with any questions or have any feedback. We'll get to them in the next week's uh, episode. 
Uh, follow us on social media at Doors Open Connect, and our Facebook page is at Doors Open Connect LLC, and LinkedIn, um, still under my personal, so that's Deshaun Robinson. And we do have a TikTok account, which we can uh, spruce up the margaritas on at Doors Open <laughs> Connect. So until next time, thank you, Rosa and Jonathan, very much for stopping by and taking the time out of your busy schedule and, and providing the valuable um, insight and the feedback. Also, as always, thank you, Joe and Jared of Divine Digital for allowing us to do the podcast here in your studio. Um, again, Divine Digital, check them out. You want to follow them at Divine Digital Agency. If you're looking for a, an app idea, looking for a website to be made, these are the guys you want to come to. If you want to start your, your own podcast, you can actually come to them and, uh, uh, and, and do a free consultation. They'll sit down with you, and they'll go over um, any business ideas you might have as it pertains to apps or podcasts or, uh, and or website and, and design. So definitely highly recommend them. Um, that's Joe and Jared at Divine Digital. And uh, that's pretty much here. Uh, that's everything I got. So big, uh, big shout out and thank you to all of our listeners and supporters. And until next time, we'll keep the doors open so your deals stay closing. I'm Deshaun Robinson and my co-host Rick Haas. And until next time, DOC is signing out.